50. Track number 49, Best Friend's Arm. Dan, what are your thoughts? Oh, man. Well, this, um, this, this, this track was really my introduction to Wowie Zowie. Um, I didn't own it at the time, and um, my friend Andy used to have it. And uh, out of all the tracks, I used to make this and put this on repeatedly uh say we used to sit on the floor and listen to it and i used to roll around kind of i wasn't exactly laughing but it's just like i just couldn't get over how mad and how fun that track is hey this is westy from the rock and roll band pavement and you're listening to the countdown Hey, it's JD here, back for another episode of our Top 50 Countdown for seminal indie rock band, Pavement. Week over week, we're going to count down the 50 essential pavement tracks that you selected with your very own Top 20 ballots. I tabulated the results using an advanced abacus, and all that's left is for us to reveal this week's track, number 48. How will your favorite track fare in the ranking? You'll need to tune in or whatever the podcast equivalent of tuning in is to find out. This week, we're joined by Pavement Superfan, Patrick from Middle America. So there's that. How are you doing, motherfucker? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, your oh, pod- dude. Your, your podcast helped me through the pandemic, for sure. So. Oh, dude, that's so nice to hear you say. Uh, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm just talking into a microphone because it's I don't have a I don't have a co-host for this podcast, but now I do. Now with the top fifty, I've got a different pot a uh, different podcast co-host every week, and that's kind of cool that I'm getting to meet some people. One, but I appreciate happy that. To be here, happy to be here. I like your beanie. I'm wearing I, a black one. You're wearing a bright, like it's almost uh, fuchsia. Is it red? It's orange. It's orangey. Uh, yeah, orange. Yeah, uh, I like I it. I have several because I live in cold areas. So, so where uh, whereabouts in Middle America do you hail? Uh, well, if, you, if you want to reveal it, yeah, I'm uh, currently I'm in Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, okay. I recently uh, just vacated from St. Paul, Minnesota. So I had I was uh, tricking myself into believing I could have an apartment in two different towns, but of uh, so now I'm just in Des Moines right now. So. But probably Minneapolis, St. Paul is probably w- where I would want to be, I guess. Yeah. It's a nice city. Yeah. A nice I, twin I cities, it. I suppose. <laughs> it's the best up there. So, but is, uh, I'm in Des Moines currently. Is former Des Moines home, where Bob was? Yeah. Former home of Bob Nisanovich. Yeah. Okay. I thought he was from there. Yep. I was, I've been, uh, you know, if you're a pavement fan and you're in Des Moines, and you're uh, running sound at a music venue, and you go down the s- stairs, and then you see uh, a guy from your third favorite band standing at the bar, uh, you, uh, you definitely go and buy him a beer. And then if you oh buy God, Bob, yeah. yeah, if you buy Bob Nostanovich a beer, next thing you know, you're over at his house hanging out, and he's telling stories about the Beastie Boys or something. So I have a... No fucking way. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. My origin story with Pavement is strange because they were my favorite band when I was 16 years old. And then, you know, when I was uh, in my lower 30s, we were getting to open for them on their reunion tour. And Bob's singing on a, my old band 7-inch because he just is in Des Moines. And if you're a Pavement fan in Des Moines, you're bound to bump into Bob and then you're bound to be buddies with him. So, 
Dude. You so. gotta tell me more about this. Let's go. Dig in. All right. Let's, uh, you're opening for pavement. Let's yeah. talk about this. And he's singing on your seven inch. Let's talk about this. Okay. Uh, well, I, when, like I said, when I was 16 years old, 15, 16, in the mid nineties, uh, you know, pavement was one of my favorite bands. You know, they've, they've always been in my top three favorite bands ever. And I finally got to see them on the last tour in 99 at the Vic theater in Chicago. And I drove from Ames, Iowa of, and I was seven hours early to the show, (laughs) hoping that I could be, uh, first in line. Uh, I was not first in line. I was third in line. Uh, but I met some really cool people, uh, standing in line for seven hours and I got to meet everybody in pavement cause they were walking out from their sound check and everything. So, uh, but it was hilarious. I was just telling this story the other day to somebody, the girl who was first in line had just gotten a star tattoo, like the stars that are on like the terror twilight, uh, album cover on the inside. And so she had a what star a great idea. And of course, when Mal, all the all the band had walked out from soundcheck, and they were all very sweet and talkative to everybody and meeting everybody, and then Malkmus walks out, and I've never seen anything so cool in my life. You know, I'm like 19 years old, and I'm like freaking out. He's got like yeah. no shirt on. He's eating a banana, and he just like has this aura of like, oh my god, you know, there he is, uh, of cool. And of course, like the, the girl with the tattoo was all like, oh, hey, 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 check out my, you know. And so when they came out on stage that night, right away, he gets the microphone. And of course, it's me and that girl and the other people who are standing in front of the line, like right up front in front of him. And he just like looks down at her and he's like pointing at the tattoo, you know, like. Oh, her, man. Her, you know, so. Uh, but that show was incredible. So that was the only time I ever got to see them when they were like in. uh in their real time, right? You know, right. October 15th, 1999, Vic Theater, $15 ticket. Damn. Of, I think the Sea and Cake opened. Uh, and they were just incredible. You know, I think the songs from Terra Twilight, uh, you know, because that album was like a, like a little bit of more of a slow burn for me because, you know, it's so different compared to yeah. everything that came before, yeah. of which I absolutely worshipped. And drove around small town Iowa listening to over and over and over again, everything, like the B-sides, all of it. Uh, and then seeing the Terror Twilight songs live, they just really kind of like exploded. Like the Hex or something like that live was just yes. like so incredible. And then I think those songs really on the reunion tours were really great too. Uh, so f- fast forward many years to when Bob moved to Des Moines and I did, I ran into him one night uh, working at a music venue and he was there with uh Whitney his you know then wife or whatever or yeah and uh they um they were so cool you know like whatever we I ended up like bringing them to a different bar after the show that they were at and we drank until the night of was young and I drove 30 miles back to my home but I was like oh my god Bob's in Bob's in Des Moines you know <laughs> and uh and he's just so personable and he's like the greatest storyteller ever. And if you're a pavement fan, you can really feed into his uh, storytelling because you, you know, like you ask the questions and he's so honest, you know, like he'd be like, you just like tell it how it is. So I got to hear many, 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 many wonderful pavement stories. And then fast forward years later, my band, um, 
sorry for that noise, a work noise. Of uh, my old band uh, was doing an epic tour of of 284 shows in like a 13 month period. Holy shit. And we were sitting in a coffee shop in Bozeman, Montana. We get a call from our booking agent and he's like, you ain't going to believe this, but I got a call from pavements booking agency and they'd like you to open up for them in Kansas city on September 11th, 2000, oh. 2010 or whatever. And Holy so shit. pavement is like the band that our band, it's like the one that like, you know, everybody in the band agrees on, like that they're like the perfect band, right? Just to interrupt you for a moment. What's the name of, the, of your band? Uh, that band was called the Poison Control Center. The Poison Control Center. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's so interesting because like, you know, when I was 16 years old and I was starting my first band ever, pavement was the band that made me believe I could like be in a band. You yeah. know what I mean? Because they're like, they're like one of those bands that like, if you're listening to whatever, like the, the early Peel sessions or like Slanted Enchanted, which is like my favorite pavement record, all that early stuff, it's so loose and so magical and so clever and fun that if you're a high school band and you're just trying to like make up songs as you go, but you're kind of just like banging it out and you don't really know how to play... All of a sudden, it's like you can listen to your tape back that you made on a karaoke machine with your buds, and you're like, it kind of sounds like pavement, you know? But pavement, <laughs> we're just like screwing around or like drunk or having fun, and you're like trying really hard to like, you know, la 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 la, you know, do stuff like that to be like, oh, you know. So they were like the band that made me believe I could be in a band. Yeah. Um, and so, so, so we got word that they asked us to open for them. And of course, you know, we're like losing it. Of course. Uh, and Kansas City is very close to kind of our home town of a band, even though we all lived in separate towns, kind of like pavement. Of, so of course we said yes. And then like pretty much booked our whole fall around being in Kansas City to open for them on September 11th, 2010. And it was incredible. And it was all Bob's doing. You know, it was Bob who's like, hey, there's this band in Des Moines that I'm like buddies with now who love us and would be a great opening band. And they're on this epic tour of, and they're putting out two records this year and this would be really big for them. And uh, it was so incredible. You know, and my, I, I, always, I always think back to it because my older sister lived in Kansas City at the time and she got pregnant when she was 19 years old. And so she'd never really been to like a real concert in her entire life. And so she's whatever, 30 some years old at this time. She's had three kids or whatever. And so she was there with my younger sister who also lived in Kansas City at the time. And whatever, we play our set and it's amazing. It's so fun. It's so great. You know, whatever. We're playing to 2,400 people in a theater. Oh, who all paid like 56 bucks, you know, and the night before we were playing some house show to like 20 people. And the night after we we're playing some DIY space to like 15 people. So 2,400 is a, is a, is a little difference. And, but my older sister was there and I was like, I got to go make sure I get my sisters and like bring them backstage in the VIP section so they can see up close and up front. And I go grab my older sister and she's like, whatever, they, they kick off the show by playing range life. And she's like, I know this one. I know this one. And I was like, <laughs> oh, come on. And then whatever, they got back in the VIP section. And I think they both ate some cake with weed in it or something and had the night of their lives. So 
Oh man, what an experience. Yeah. So little like whatever, 16 year old Patrick, whose, you know, favorite band was Pavement. So 15 years later, I was going to get to open for them. Uh, and that was amazing. And then, then later, um, after that tour, you know, I kind of started a new band and I was going to put out this seven inch and I asked Bob if he wanted to come and like, whatever, do Bob, Bob it, Bob yelled <laughs> on it. And, and he did. And I was like, you know, you can do whatever you want. And he goes, I had this list of imaginary horse names. Like if I was going to, of uh, buy new horses or whatever, I was, I have a list of, could I yell the horse names that I would, and I'm like, of course, you know? So he's like yelling random, you know, horse names on the end of this song or whatever. Oh, fucking cool. So, but then also Bob wrote a song. Uh, he went, he wrote this song about like, he wanted to write like a sports arena anthem because he's a big sports guy. And uh, he asked me to record it. So we recorded it in my like spare bedroom of my apartment at the time. Uh, but we spent like 45 minutes on it. You know what I mean? We didn't like spend any time on it. And I'm just like, well, I can just make you a, a burn you a CD of this or whatever. And he's like, yeah, yeah, great, great. You know, whatever. And, and I was like, well, yeah, but we can work on it more. We, we hardly got anything on this, you know. And he's like, yeah, yeah, this is fine. And then he like took it. And then he's like, never, he never like came back to work on it more. <laughs> uh, I heard him on a different podcast talking about that, that one song he wrote or whatever. Um, so, so I, so I've been very grateful and lucky to, uh, have lived in a town with a guy from, you know, my third favorite band of all time, you know, whatever. So, well, I got to ask because you just said it. You're bearing the lead. What are what are one and two? Uh, my number one favorite band of all time is the Olivia Tremor Control, of who I don't know if you know, but they're like a band. I do not the '90s. They're in like the Elton Six Collective, of lo, kind of lo-fi, kind of like the Beatles time. So like Neutral Milk Hotels, sort of. Yeah, cohort? yeah. Like, yeah. Je Jeff from Neutral Milk Hotel was like went to high school with the two two lead guys of Olivia Tremor Control. Okay. Um, but it's 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 way more Beatlesque and poppy than like Neutral Milk. Fine. Um, but it's like produced by Robert Schneider of the Apples and Stereo, so all that kind of E6 stuff. Um, so they're my favorite band ever. And then a little band called the Beatles, I guess, comes in at number two. And then, <laughs> and then I think I've heard of them. Yeah. One time I opened they're for from Britain, right? <laughs> yeah. One time I opened for Spiral uh, Stairs on on a tour of his. Uh, in Davenport, Iowa, and I was, I started the show by being like, you know, you know, t I was just like making, you know, jokes and stuff. And I was like, and from the third greatest band of all time, Spiral Stairs is here, you know, like, and everybody's like the third greatest, come on, man. And I was like, there's the third greatest. That <laughs> That's is pretty good. Right. It is objective. It is very objective. Yeah. I, I, I get the sense that you have like some sort of spreadsheet. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, rounding this out. You know? Yeah, I'm one of those guys who, who, if I meet somebody, I'm like, so what's your favorite movie? And they're like, oh, I can't, I can't name a favorite. I'm like, how can you not have a favorite movie or a favorite band or, you know? Yeah. But it's, you know, it changes, you know, like you talking about having a list of your favorite pavement songs. Of course, I would have a few that of course would be up in the top five, but everything else is probably like, however you're feeling, right? Because they have so much. so. So many different, um, so many different, uh, 
you know, kinds of songs. I, I, I re-listened to a couple of your podcasts to get uh, it, it ready for this. And, and I listened to your episode on Finn because I love that song so much. And I was, the, I was the one who submitted a song for your first, like... For the uh, first pod list? Yeah. And so I did Finn under the band name Dog Dream because uh, my partner at the time, whenever I fell asleep on the couch, she said it looked like I was dog dreaming. So, uh, so I did Finn on that one and I loved your, I just loved your episode on that because I think you like hit it so in the head of like how that would, could have been like the epitaph of that era of pavement. Like, like was he thinking like that was going to be the end, you know? Yeah. It feels like it, doesn't it? Yeah. And then what, like what a song of the like one of the most perfect pavement songs and then last you know whatever a couple of years ago when they were on that last tour uh me and my friend jason went and saw him in saint paul and they played that and it was just like the highlight of the show you know like oh, the yeah. the end guitar you know it, it's just like the most purest and i think it is i think it is like almost like a better like goodbye than anything that's on terror twilight but i love terror twilight too and i'm me glad too me too I'm glad but that yeah, it, Finn is better than Carrot Rope. <laughs> yeah, as, as a as a career ender. Yeah, but I I, I kind of love the the. I think Carrot Rope is one of those songs though that like hits you right away. Like first time you hear it, you're like, oh, I love that song, dude. You know, that's like, that that was it for me. Like I was sold. Yeah. I was absolutely sold, and that's why I chose it as the opening and closing for the podcast. Like mm -hmm. it, it just made sense to me that. Uh, it's so different and it's so very um, unusual compared to the rest of the work. Even, even when you compare Terror Twilight songs, it's yeah. very different than everything on Terror Twilight. And it's certainly different than, you know, it wouldn't fit on Brighton. It wouldn't fit on, well, maybe it would fit on Wowie. Maybe. Because Wowie's just sort of yeah, throw it to the wall and see if it sticks, you know? I think you're exactly right. I think it's so strange. It's kind of like a 60s record in the sense where there's like one song that was like a single and then all the rest of the songs are just kind of like in their own world. Like Carrot Rope is like that one song on Terror Twilight that's just like so different than everything else. But it's like, it's so infectious and so like catchy and yet so clever and weird. Like the lyrics, you know, like the Hey, little boy, would you like to know what's in my pocket? Or, you know, just stuff it's like that. So. That strange. only, only Malkmus could get away with. Absolutely. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just, I love that song so much. And I know that, you know, like, I know that like Bob doesn't like that song. You know, like he wouldn't, that's not like, uh, wouldn't be in his top 25 pavement. No, song. but no. it's so perfect, you know. Well, to it's me. weird because they've never got to play it live. Like, it, like there's a, a singer songwriter in Canada uh, named Gord Downey. He, he, he passed away a few years ago, but he always said that, an extension of the songwriting process is playing the songs live. Like that's sure. like, you're still, you know, you're almost still crafting the song when you're playing it live. Yeah. And that's, that's really interesting to me uh, that a song like Carrot Rope didn't get to have that extra life as a live song. You know, yeah. uh, my understanding was they couldn't do the, the vocal in Mark couldn't do the vocal and the bass at the same time. That's what I understand. I don't know if that's true because he's they, a much better bassist now than he was. Sure. They did it in, in 99 when I saw him. No, it, it was. And that's the thing about payment. You, you, they, I don't want to go see a band that's just so good that they would never screw up. 
you know, I I like, I like to see a band like kind of living dangerously, right. And trying things that are like out of the box. And they did do that. And, and it was like, Mark, like he couldn't, it was like that beginning section of where like spiral saying something and Steve saying something and, and Mark, it was just like, Oh boy, this is rough. This is rough. And then it like, you know, whatever. Then it gets into the song and like, but that that was the fun part of it that it was yeah. just kind of like, wow, they aren't rehearsed on this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And Mark is so like, he's the cutest guy in rock and roll history. Absolutely. So, I mean, the guy could, you know, fall on his face and he would still, you know, make you uh, want to watch him play or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. I would love to get him on the podcast, but he is uh, somewhat of a luddite in terms of uh, technology and uh, and the like. So I, I think the odds of him ever coming on are slim and none. But Patrick, we are, um, you know, we're talking about other songs here and we're here on a mission. We're here to talk about song number 48. So why don't we take a quick intermission and we'll be right back with uh patrick discussing song number 48 hey this is bob nastanovich from pavement uh thanks for listening and now on with a countdown 48 Let me 
So motion suggests itself. Patrick, weigh in on this as your number 48 track. Uh, I think this song is is one of those like perfect pavement songs that only pavement could pull off. It's my understanding that Malkmus, uh, the only record that he ever decided like the complete track list for was Wowie Zowie. And I think that this song uh, benefits so much from where it is in the track list. It makes the song that's in front of it better and it makes the song that it's behind it better. So like the song in front of it is Serpentine Pad, which is like the most like kind of punk rockin' oh, yeah. song that Pavement ever did. And so you kind of need that like come down after that. And uh, this song, like it, it, it's almost like a, a drunken carousel. It starts in <laughs> a weird, like, you know. You do, very, yeah, that's right. You do feel like you're sort of wobbling off some sort of spinny ride. Yeah, which is very strange. Uh, but I always loved loved it when Pavement had those like little weird intros or outros in songs that kind of don't even connect with the song. Yeah. Uh, and they do it on several different albums. But like this one is just so weird. And then... It's just like, it's one of those songs that it's not like a Carrot Rope or a Summer Babe or a Stereo where it hits you right away. It's one of those that has a kind of a slow burn. And then you kind of start dissecting it a little bit and you have all these like clever lyrics of, you know, about being in the dirt and the hurt and the ginger ale rain and like all these. Oh, the way he says ginger ale is so cool. It's so fucking cool. Like it's such an abstract lyrically. And the music is so cool, and they're using a Mellotron on it, which is weird for pavement. And like it, it just has like a, a a vibe unto itself. But they're the only band in the world who can pull off a song like that with such ease. You know, like there's nothing forceful about that song. It's not in your face at all. Of, and they're. Like literally, the, I think they're the only band in the world that can do that on record and live. Like to play a song like that and not have somebody get bored because it's like so interesting what they're doing and the words are so interesting and the melody so interesting. And then, then the song that comes after it, "Father, Sister, of Thought," which is like almost like an alt country song, it yeah. kind of is just like a a nice like lead into that. So I think like the, the where it comes on Wowie Zowie makes it blossom into this beautiful thing. But it is one of those songs that like. I probably wouldn't put it on a on a mix for somebody who I'm like, hey, I'm going to try to introduce you to Pavement in 15 songs because I kind of want to like throw the throw the real juicy stuff at them, and then if they if they're a fan, then they can then it's like they almost uh, they get the gift of listening to a song like that. It's a deeper cut for sure, right? Yeah, and and that's I think what's that, most impressive for me about this list so far. The list is uh 120 songs long we're only counting down the top 50 over on the bonus feed i'm counting down the bottom 50 Uh um but uh i'm counting down the top 50 here but there's another 20 songs that were listed you know so it's it's a deep pool of songs and this is the second consecutive song we've had from wowie zowie uh you know number 49 was uh, a wowie zowie song as well and um yeah, I think you're right. It's the seventh song on the record, on a on a long record, you know, a three-sided record. And it, it really does serve the album. It serves it serves the entirety of the album. I really love how you broke that down. Yeah, it to me it's like it's 
it's it's it's why I like Guided by Voices too. They have some of those songs that are just like uh, they're placed in there as like kind of a a footnote to the thing that came before and the thing that's after. And I think that's yeah. why Wowie Zowie is such a fun ride. I mean, I think all their their albums have great track listings and kind of flow well as albums. But I do think Wowie Zowie is kind of the most interesting ride as far as a track list goes. Yeah. Um, and that and that and this is right where you're kind of like, okay, by this time on the album, you know, like, I don't know what to expect next. Right. That's right. And then yeah. you get, like you say, you get Father to a Sister of Thought, which is like like alt country, like you said, it's even lower tempo than motion suggests itself, you know, well, not, maybe not lower tempo, but you know, it's, it's sort of a more laid back than uh -huh. motion, uh, motion suggests, motion suggests itself, but this is a pretty laid back fucking song. Oh yeah. For them. I think it's like, and I think that they were so good at that. I think that like, I think that was a problem that my band had that opened for pavement. I think we liked like chiller, more laid back music, but we were always too afraid to kind of like uh, explore that a lot on on record and especially live because you're like, right. you don't want to bring down the momentum, right? But Pavement, yeah. it, if, they're the only band that could start a set list with a song like this, right? Yeah, and they would too. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I love that they, um, they're so patient and so, and, and again, it, it kind of like, some people might be like, oh, it's because they're like, they don't care or they're like slacky or like, they're just, no, it's like that they know that the deepest cut that they have or a song like this is just as good as whatever, Summer Babe or Stereo or Carrot Rogue right. or like something that's going to like, Embassy Row that's going to like- Punch in the gut. Yeah. 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 And I think that that's the one thing I love especially about Stephen Malkmus as a songwriter uh, and them as a band or, you know, even Spiral as a, a, a songwriter or whatever. Um, it's that they, they, they're patient. They're patient and they kind of don't care what you uh, expect or want. I and, agree. A lot of people wrap that up as slackerdom, but like I call it taking chances. Yeah. And, and like, they're liberated really to take to take those chances because of the perception that they don't care. Yeah. But truly they do. Oh yeah. Like I that's the one thing. I don't know if you've ever read Jeff Tweedy's first book, if you're like a no. Wilco fan or whatever. But he talks I'm a Wilco fan, but he talks about pavement in there and he talks about like um how people think that, oh, they must be flacker and they just got everything that that came to them or whatever. They are like they don't work hard. He's like I guarantee you pavement was working very hard and like definitely wanted people to hear their music. And, you know, in a, in a short time period in the nineties, there is no other band name, another band that put out that much music at that high a quality. I don't think, I don't think guided by voices put out that much music at that high a quality. You know, they put I out lots of music, but well, you're right. You have to pick and choose. Which I love. I love yeah. that very much. But like me too. When Robert Sheffield of Rolling Stone, kind of when this new reunion came around, that and he put out like, I think pavement is like the Beatles of the nineties. Of he's right. There's no band that has like a 
kind of a window of like eight or nine years of absolute creativity, uh, consistency, and just juxtapositions of styles that is so, so brilliant. I can't even imagine as a, as a guy who writes songs, writing that amount of great music, recording it, touring it, like they're, they are unto themselves. And what I think, treat. I think that the nineties, uh, I, I, I was very lucky to grow up in that time to, to get to experience it. Some, some of it before I knew them, you know, cause I probably came into the, to the fold during like crooked rain era. So I had all that stuff previous that I was, and I'm an obsessive. So I went back and listened to all that other stuff. And then I'm like, oh my God, Slam Chance is the greatest thing ever, ever. Right. And makes me want to be in a band or believe I can. And then to have like, you know, Bright in the Corners and those singles and Terror Twilight to like experience as it's coming out was very special to somebody like me who, uh, who needed that. I, uh, one of my senior pictures of, I, I had made a shirt you know, with those iron on letters on the front, it said pigs, they tend to wiggle when they walk. And then on the back, it says, I trust you will tell me if I'm making a fool of myself. You know, they were just like that band for me that like I, I connected to so much that I would whatever, take a senior That's photo great. in a goofy shirt like that. So. Oh man. So, so where do you think, Patrick, where do you think, um, the song fits in the, in the, in the this canon of top 50 it's rated number 48 is it rated properly should uh, it have been higher in the countdown should it have been lower in the countdown what do you think it's one of those songs i don't think i would put it in my top 25 but it would probably definitely be in my top 40 you know right yeah um i just think that um uh, i it's just one of those songs that is so uh unique unto them that every time it comes on now, I'm like, oh my God, this song is so good. You know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but again, it's probably if I made if I made somebody, which I've done many times for people who don't know pavement, like a pavement 101 mix, I probably wouldn't put this on there. Um, but hoping that they would discover it on their own and dive in deep, you know, because I think that that's the thing about this band if you've only ever heard the albums or maybe the singles or you bought like the um whatever like the like the greatest hits comp or whatever right. that came out like 10 years ago uh you have all this uh beauty and uniqueness yet to discover and that and this song would fall into that i think for me well that just about sums it up that is track number 48 on our countdown of top 50 as selected by you Patrick, I really want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, it's been it's been fucking great. Uh, is there anything that you want to plug or anywhere that people can find you or anything like that? Uh, in the last year, I started uh, doing this uh, thing called Quick Hitters, where I put out songs that are under ninety seconds on oh on on they're on TikTok or my Instagram or whatever. So I I I like short songs, so I just uh, and very and, Bob Pollard of you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes you just can't get over a minute and a half, right? So, right. If, but if you can, if you can get a a song out and a story out in a minute and a half, then. Uh, so I did a bunch of those songs in the past year, and I continue to do that. So that's been kind of fun for me. So if you're, so up, where do people find that? 
Uh, it's called Quick Hitters on TikTok, or my Instagram is called The Lines You Amend, uh, which is a Sloan reference. Yeah, I'm a big Sloan guy. Yeah, you're you're Canadian, right? So you know Sloan. I am, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know all about Sloan. <laughs> so I was uh, I saw Sloan this past year, and it was like uh, I saw Sloan and Yola Tango this past year, and it, it knew, and it hit me that I had seen them both in four different decades. Holy Christ! You know what I mean? I saw them in the '90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and now the 2020s. And I'm like, wow. I'm only 43 years old. How does that even work? That doesn't make any sense to me. You know, so. Jeez. But it's it's fun that bands like Sloan and Yola Tango and Pavement and Guided by Voices are are still doing their thing so people can say they see all them in four decades, right? Totally agree. So. All right, man. Thank well, you good much. talking to you. Wash your goddamn hands. All right, I will. Thanks for listening to Meeting Malcolmus, a pavement podcast, where we count down the top 50 pavement tracks as selected by you. If you've got questions or concerns, please shoot me an email, jd at meetingmalchemist.com. Duvra! Podcasts and such. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.